Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let the righteous, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we ask for your presence in this world and in our lives, that you would help us grow nearer towards you and be concerned with your thoughts for us. Amen. So, weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's always in my book a sign of a good gospel text that's going to be full of good news and joy for us to take into the week ahead. We have two readings that are very interesting in my mind. The Old Testament text, we're continuing on the story, although we missed an important part with my father-in-law's favorite verse, the Esau was a hairy man passage where they pass Esau, the younger brother, off, or Jacob, the younger brother, off as Esau by tying lambskins to his forearm so his blind father can't tell who he is. We skip that part where the younger brother takes over the older brother's uh, gift and blessing from his father, and what we get now is him on the run because the older brother is not happy about having lost his place in the inheritance, essentially. This is a familiar story to us. And in fact, in generations past, there were Sunday school songs. And we can think of climbing Jacob's ladder as kind of a classic phrase that we would hear. This image of Jacob being on his own in the wilderness, and he lays down to sleep, puts his head on a rock, doesn't seem 
like the most comfortable thing, but perhaps it kept him off the ground. And he has this dream of this ladder that is connecting heaven and earth. There's a curious phrase that Jacob says in response to his experience in this vision. He says, surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. Seems like a a curious expression, but he's run away from family. He's run away from everything that he knows, thinking that he is outside of everything. And yet in that distant place, he finds God present to him. And so he marks that place, Bethel, house of God. It's an interesting phrase for us, I think, because there are a lot of places in this world that we might wander or journey, where we might feel that we are far away from things that are familiar, from people that we know and love, perhaps at times from God. But even in the midst of those times and places, we have those experiences that remind us, I didn't know, but God is in this place too. The gospel text, though, is where I want to focus a bit on today. It's one of those readings that we get at this time of year. The summer is stacked with readings that are very awkward, that we don't like to read. In fact, there was a lot of conversation at text study this last week of just cutting off the entire second half of the reading to make it a little easier on the ears in some ways. But I don't like solving those kinds of problems for you. (laughs) I like us all having the same problem this week with the text. And the text is kind of classically problematic. Last week we heard about this ridiculously generous sower who's throwing the seed everywhere, on the path, on rocky soil, doesn't bother to pull weeds. Some of it ends up on good soil. But you get the sense of this farmer that's not focused on what's supposed to happen. And now we move into the next agricultural piece. We have a story today of the master casting the seed, but the image is different. The seed isn't God's word in this passage. It's people in a fashion being cast into this field. And we don't have good soil and bad soil. The seed lands and starts to grow. But before we get too far into it, I think we have to put ourselves in the shoes of those who would have heard this text initially. For those of us sitting here today, the thought that someone's wheat crop might be jeopardized is not something that's going to keep us up at night. We would be hard-pressed from one week to the next to notice if that loaf of bread in the store changed price a little bit, that somebody back through the chain had had a little trouble this season, But we are so removed that this story, I think, loses some of the impact that those original hearers would have heard. The farmer goes out and casts the seed. You can imagine all the work that would have been done to prepare for that, making sure that the field was set contrary to that other farmer last week. The field is prepared. Everything is set. There's a big crew at work and all of the seeds are planted, they go to sleep that night exhausted. But you can imagine the dreams of what was to come from all of their hard labor. And they get up the next day, and they see plants coming up, 
that aren't what they expected. Now, in the gardens that I have been involved in, usually the seeds come up and I wouldn't know a weed from the plant you intended to plant to save my life. <laughs> so I can imagine there's a little challenge in that, but in my experience, those for whom that's their livelihood, they know. And as soon as these plants started coming up, you see the slaves going to the master and starting to ask questions. What happened? Didn't you plant good seed? Didn't you check it beforehand? How did these weeds get here? And so then we get this great account of an enemy who comes in and sows bad people into the land. That's the awkwardness, I think. I think it's a dangerous story for those of us who are here in church this morning because it's easy for us to immediately leap to the part of the story where we are the good seeds on the good soil, but there are bad seeds. And God, oh, please let me help you point them out. Please, please, God. Because I've got a long list that I've been keeping track of. In the story, we have the slaves chomping at the bit, right? Master, do you want us to go out? We'll get these weeds. I think there's some sense in the text that the master's not 100% confident that the slaves are going to sort correctly between the wheat and the weeds. But isn't that our experience in life lots of times? We're, we're quick to point out the weeds, the weeds being those of people in the world that are, you know, different from us for any reason. They're the ones that don't belong. Kind of the definition of a weed, right? A plant growing where it's not supposed to. It's kind of a curious image, though, because we have a lot of images in the gospel that show this image of, of mixing that we don't get in this text, that I think make this text additionally awkward. There's often the sense of that soil that is good or thorny or rocky being part of each of us individually. And this text doesn't lend itself to that kind of bent. Although I think it is still there in a way. It's interesting to me that these people can't be sorted out. The farmer says, leave it. Leave it. To tear out the weeds now, you would tear out the wheat at the same time. This desire for a crop is paramount. Notice how these agricultural stories, they're not, they're not about ornamental plants. You don't hear the, the farmer stepping back and saying, you know, but it looks kind of nice, and these weeds, they have nice flowers. You don't see that. There's a goal. There is a crop that is to be brought in. One of the things that I think is interesting in this is that all of these plants are kept up to the very end, and at that point in time, the reapers come. It's kind of an ominous tone that the reapers come and there is this separation that is not peaceful or easy but in many ways that's kind of our process through this journey of life those spots in us that are the weeds that don't lend themselves to being pulled quite so easily 
You know that experience of reaching down to grab that weed and it's coming and it's pulling and it snaps. You think, rats, I almost had it. How many pieces inside of our own lives do we yank and yank and it snaps instead of coming out like we had hoped? Over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of activity in the landscaping, but the labyrinth that hopefully, even if you're in a hurry, you'll have a minute to at least look at after the service, this text of, of journey. I've been posting photos of it up on Facebook, and it was interesting. A, a German friend of mine commented, he said, oh, too many decisions, too many choices. And I said, no, that's a maze, a maze you have to choose, a labyrinth, there's only one path. He said, that's interesting. In German, there's only one word, (laughs) which I thought was kind of curious. Because in this life, there can be a lot of turns and changes that we have to adapt to, choices we have to make. But in many ways, our relationship with God does not involve those kinds of choices. It's not to say that the line is straight or easy from our perspective. But nonetheless, the path we follow leads to Christ. As we look at these texts and as you carry them into this week, there are a couple of things that I'd like you to think about. One is that the master has not asked the slaves to do the weeding. It is not up to us to be looking around us and pointing out the people that are the weeds and to remember that within our own hearts is a mixture of weeding and of crops that Christ is continually at work in. Look at these days of summer, and as you see the green sprouting up around you, be mindful that God is at work in you, and that that work is not done. Amen.